Hey, welcome to The Table Check, a podcast chatting about restaurants and catering. We've got some great guests lined up from innovative business owners, chefs, managers, suppliers, and the chat about everything in between to give you an insight into the industry and the people behind the brands you love. I'm Jack, chef, and currently own two businesses, a cafe and a bar. I'm Billy, I work with Jack as a chef, and I now work for a large independent ice cream parlor. Today on The Table Check, episode one, me and Jack touch base and talk everything coronavirus through to what we think is going to happen in the industry and give you a little bit of knowledge about where we come from and how Jack came to open Station 86 and Nomad. Right then, so what day are we at? Tuesday, Tuesday the 7th of April. What day did you close Station? Oh, God. I, th- I got a funny feeling, you know, I'm losing track of the weeks, but I think it was three weeks ago yesterday. So, like, we actually traded on the Monday, and then Boris Johnson gave the speech um, early evening, telling people to sort of start the social distance, you know, think about staying away from cafes, restaurants, um, bars, pubs. So, we made this the decision then. I had a chat with a couple of the other guys, you know, from Mac, from Square Peg, et cetera, just, you know, get the general feel of what they were going to do. And, you know, different people wanted to go down the takeaway route, which I thought we could have done. But I just think we we made the right decision just to, just to call it a day there. And then, I, you know, I don't want to pressure the staff into coming in if they didn't feel comfortable. So even before getting to that point of asking them, I just knew that the best decision was to, to close. And then obviously with Nomad up the road, um, we did the same. And I think me and Sam um, both initially thought maybe we called it too early, but as I think it was by like the Thursday or maybe it was the Thursday or the Friday. Yeah, it was the Friday. The Friday they said, no, you know, uh, hospitality businesses need to close and we did takeaway on that Friday and Saturday night, um, you know, amazing support from the local community. Um, considering that we just turned nomad into a takeaway overnight, basically, um, put together a small menu and, and, uh, and put some stuff out, you know, the, the, the support was amazing. We were, you know, shocked and, um, yeah, we did that for the Friday and the Saturday and, and then realized, I think, you know, that's not our business model at the end of the day. That's just something that we managed to do for that weekend. And yeah, we've, we've been closed since. So I'm, I'm sat in station right now. Um, Self-isolating, safe well, distance away from literally everyone. <laughs> no customers, no staff. <laughs> I know. It's so, I'm, well, I'm the only one here. It's so quiet when no one's here. I, I mean, what's the time now? It's quarter to six. I did think about switching on the coffee machine and because i'm missing proper <laughs> coffee I'm, I'm like actually drinking instant coffee at home all the time like every day yeah. and i think i've just become accustomed to it now um uh, it's, yeah, it's not missing. something i ever want to become accustomed to again i like i'm a snob now when it comes to coffee like i genuinely um, enjoy having nice coffee oh i me. don't get me wrong the you know it's the same coffee we've got here now when you worked here bill um it's still the nicaraguan by welsh coffee roasters so it's roasted down in gower 
it's I, I mean i love it we've never used anything different but yeah i become accustomed to instant coffee now we're home i'm drinking little's finest barista ground um instant coffee and it's actually it's not too bad it's quite tasty actually i'm, I'm doing all right with it <laughs> so then um i guess it would be a good place to start just to basically explain to everyone in a nutshell who you are and what it what it is that you do just to give people a feel for yeah of course about. yeah 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 definitely yeah so obviously my name's uh, jack i'm 29 now uh opened station 86 in gowerton in september 2017 um and then opened with my business partner sam opened nomad bar and kitchen uh, just 20 yards down the road from the cafe, we opened Nomad in uh, 2018, uh, very end of November 2018. Yeah, so I've had two businesses now. Um, yeah, two and a half years, the cafe's absolutely flown by. And prior to that, I graduated um, with business uh, and marketing in 2014. And But, you know, I've been in hospitality since I was... 15 14 maybe started typical job like most like most boys my age did you know sat as a pot washer in uh, the local pub and then stayed in hospitality ever since never not had a job apart from a short stint here than there never not had a job in hospitality and and probably like in the last six years having worked as a chef you know taking it uh, seriously worked in France uh, for winter seasons, ran catered chalets out there, came back, worked uh, in a professional kitchen um, down the marina uh, when Key 3 was there, worked for a fantastic head chef, um, Jack Brown, who would come, he'd move, he was a Swansea boy, moved back from London, uh, had been working in the Ivy and Jay Shiki's and a couple of other uh, excellent restaurants. Uh, worked there like in between the winters went back to France did a short stint I thought I put my career to use and moved to London for six months and uh, took a job in financial recruitment um, amazing company don't get me wrong like fantastic company but it was at that point I think I was living in Shoreditch or the edge of Shoreditch and working like part of the finance district and just realized like I hospitality and catering restaurants was where I wanted to be and I'd if anything you know I don't regret moving to London but it definitely made me realize like what I should be doing what I want to be doing what what's what's really important you know is is sort of having those dreams and, and fulfilling them because when I was early 20s like it was always my dream that I and I'd often be quite vocal with it I'd say oh I want my own bar by the time I'm 30 and then I was living in France uh, early 2017 and so my basically where station 86 is now my aunt had a cafe here um, and she'd had it for about five years but it was a little bit more of a traditional style uh, yeah. cafe you know, yeah it was it was a lot different the station wasn't it like I, I used to go there when I was in like sick form so like we'd go there and we'd have like she had like a jack of potato that's it, oven yeah. right by the door yeah um, oh, we'd have like yeah. a strips it was awesome to be fair yeah. but yeah. it was so different wasn't it like yeah your breakfast sandwiches and stuff like that yeah it was a little bit yeah traditional sort of style cafe proper dark roasted italian coffee segafredo like it wasn't specialty coffee and she opened monday to friday she had a good trade um 
local workmen, you know, the, the local uh, residents. And then she'd been doing it five did, years. And I, sorry to like interject. I did Morris go to it when it was... Yeah, yeah. for anyone listening who might know who Morris is, if you're a customer (laughs) station 86, he is our oldest customer, without a doubt, most loyal uh, gentleman. He is now 94, still drives, still rides his bike, Um, really active guy, and we absolutely love him. And uh, He still travels as well. (laughs) Oh, yeah, he went to Australia. um, when, When did he go to Australia? 2018. And he's desperate to go... Uh, Canada because he's got family out there yeah what a guy yeah he's uh, I've actually um, knocked his door and stood at the end of his driveway like once since this lockdown to make sure he's all right and he's he's fine actually but uh, yeah so she had the cafe and then she uh, let me know that she was gonna kind of move on and do something else so I was living in France and kind of she, you know, it was just a casual text to say, oh, look, Jack, I thought about letting you know I'm going to give the cafe up. And I replied to him like, oh, you know, Claire's sad to hear that. Um, you know, keep me updated. And then a couple of days went by and I was like, oh, such a shame. You know, she'd, she'd been there. She'd sort of built up a good local reputation. And I thought, oh, it's just such a shame now um, knowing that I had in my head that I wanted my own business down the line. Um, and then I messaged her and I said, look, Claire, you know, I, I'm interested in um, taking on the premises because I didn't really want to take on the business she had. I, I wanted to put in my own ideas. So Because that business was like, like that, and that's quite a tough thing to do within a family. And that because that business was based around your grandfather, you know. Well, it was, you know, it was his, it was his name on the door. Um, you know, it was called Billy Sutton's Coffee Shop, named after my grandfather. Yeah. Um, but it was, yeah, I think if I had come into that business and tried to rebrand it after it had already been going five years, I think I would have had a tougher job um, rather than what I did was she closed. I think the business was shut about um, four or five months. Then I, you know, did the usual chat to the landlord, renegotiated uh a tenancy agreement, um, you know, made a business plan, sought funding. Uh, so I think she shut end of April and then I didn't open until the end of September. Um, so I moved, yeah, I came home from France earlier than intended. I think from the moment I texted her saying, look, I'm interested. I, I was home within a week. Um, packed all my stuff up, gave up my and that's, job. And that's, that's quick for you because to everybody who doesn't know Jack, he fucking hates flying. So he drove home from France, probably in the Passat. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I thought oh, I missed that Passat. That was such a good car. But I drove home by myself and it's, you know, out in the Alps. I don't know why, but because it's such a long journey. I think it's 900 miles, uh, Morzine to Swansea. Um, yeah, I think I stopped in London overnight on the way back, caught up with a mate of mine, um, slept on his couch. And yeah, and like literally within within a couple of weeks was sort of, uh, I think I started with the Prince's Trust. I went on like their entrepreneurship four-day program, which was actually a good eye-opener because it kind of set out for anyone thinking about starting a business. I'd really recommend it's the Prince's Trust entrepreneurship program. And it's run through or alongside business Wales anyway, I'm pretty sure. And it was good because everything, everyone has that idea 
you know, oh, this is what I'd like to do. I mean, there were guys on the course with me, you know, one guy wanted to open a toy shop, you know, specializing in board games. That is interesting. It's interesting. However, like I went there with what I would uh, term, you know, a realistic idea of I want to open a coffee shop. I want to open a cafe. Like when someone mentioned to him that like, like board games, toys, a lot of that now, unless your speciality, you know, in a certain area of that sort of field, a lot of it has moved online. And Mm -hmm. I think he realized that as well during this. And then, you know, I'm not sure what he did after, whether he, you know, changed his idea or realized actually maybe if he still wanted to do that, he would have been better off doing it online. But it was definitely worthwhile because it made me think about things I hadn't thought about, you know, I, I hadn't considered, you know, areas of finance, areas of marketing. Um, and yeah, for anyone with an idea, I definitely recommend the Prince's Trust, even though I didn't follow up after that and I could have had like a mentor through them, etc. I didn't, um, you know, it was just a four day program and I kind of thought, all oh, right, I've, you know, I've, I've got a bit of an idea now of what I want to do. I didn't want to seek funding through Prince's Trust. Um, yeah, and then kind of ran with it. Obviously, I had a business partner at the time, um, but we went our separate ways. It, we realized that he couldn't commit enough time to the business, and we're still, and we're still good mates to the day, uh, you know, made it my Gareth. Um, and, yeah, so got the funding together, um, realized that I wanted to kind of focus on that brunch market that was emerging in Swansea at the time, I suppose, I think at the time, 2017, it was mainly just Rag and Bone uh, in West Cross and Square Peg in Sketty that were kind of, you know, they'd already made their mark, uh, you know, put their imprint on the brunch market in Swansea. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, I went to them, didn't kind of had an idea, you know, after seeing what they were doing, realizing, yet yeah, this is something I want to bring to this side of Swansea. Um, and yeah, like focused on the brunch, did, did a lot of research, you know, like luckily I had some great friends around me who'd, you know, worked in specialty coffee, um, who managed to put me in contact with, you know, an excellent um, supplier for the coffee who Welsh coffee roasters again, um, just roasted down the road, fantastic guy. Um, and then people like Alec, Little Valley Bakery, you know, for bread, um, you know, a couple of, couple of independent butchers around Swansea that we use, um, veg suppliers, etc. And then, yeah, looking back, I can't, I can't believe that we opened, like, having no, I didn't have a clue, like, in the beginning. I knew nothing about business. Like, I'd, I'd never come from a managerial kind of background. Like, even though... I'd obviously been in hospitality, as I said, I've been in hospitality now, like 15 years, um, in so many different positions, pubs, restaurants, nightclubs, um, everything. And yeah, I'd never been in that managerial position. So when it came to the point of writing rotors and, you know, speaking to an accountant, you know, starting to talk about things like uh, costing the menu, you know, is what is that VAT applicable? And, uh, you know, I didn't even really know about what was and what wasn't VAT at the time, you know. Um, it was, yeah, 
the, the beginning think, like an, an interesting thing is like you've, even if you had been in a management position before management is is really different from actually owning a business like i've never been in an ownership ownership position just management but i know that there's loads of stuff i don't know even after you know i've been a manager on and off now since well probably five years maybe six years um and you you just that is still a big leap to go from a manager to an owner and to go from like not even that to an owner so many hats you've got to wear and you've just got to ask the questions of people to understand Without doubt, I think, you know, a term I sort of use is like spinning the plates. Like, you know, you've seen those old sort of magicians or stage guys, you know, spinning all the plates on the pointed sticks until eventually one of them falls off. And I think very much running a small independent business at the beginning is is spinning all the plates and kind of learning as you go on. And that is very much what I did. Like opening a business obviously i'd worked as a chef in a long time but a large portion of that had been out in france so things like you know registering as a food business speaking to um eho um you know the compliance the guidelines everything like that like i just had to learn as we went on you know finding out things like people being paid holiday pay how does that work how do they accrue it i had to learn that as as uh, as we went on and it was it was great because it's kind of chucked in it very much like chucked in at the deep end and now run you know because yeah. you've got to make it work you can't open you can't expect to open the doors and think oh actually i don't know that yet that let's shut yeah. again for a little bit while i learn that bit hang on now there's already people turning up so and and again you know we were so lucky when we opened um in gowerton you know there wasn't much else on the street at the time um and yeah, if anything, we kind of had the monopoly as, as as the village cafe. But also, I think because we were this side of Swansea and we were, like I said, coming into that brunch market and, um, you know, getting to the point of near specialty coffee that we, you know, we were busy from the beginning. I think, Bill, we'd been open maybe nine months and then, you no, 10, 11 months. And then you obviously joined after I did the kitchen extension. We were yeah. so busy. You know, we were working out of a kitchen the size of most people's, you know, bathrooms at home. Yeah. It was tiny. Um, and like and then, I'd, I'd been away for a year, like sort of during the time that you opened, like I, I've been thinking about this recently. So like I was working in the industry locally in a cafe, just doing traditional things. And then I went away for a year and uh, like worked in New Zealand and things like that. And then when I came back, you were already sort of, well, like you said, like 10 months, 10 months down the line of being opening. And I was like, holy crap, like Gatton's changed. Like, it's actually, yeah. like, I, I actually, I, I actually remember you sitting in the cafe and one of the, one of the staff came in and said, oh, there's a boy out there. He's interested in a chef's position. And uh, I was like, you know, like, cause obviously like, like I said, I'm the chef. So I didn't have any intention of being the chef in station when we opened. It was kind of, I had that mentality of, no, the owner can't be in the kitchen, you know, needs to be the face of the business, needs to be greeting and meeting the customers and, and you know, engaging in the community. But you know what the chef, you know, you know what the industry's like, Bill. It, it's so hard to find a chef. We, we really struggled. And in the end, it was, we were a couple of days before opening and I was like, 
right, okay, I'll be the chef, you know, like sort of. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad I did because I love being in the kitchen. I love cooking, you know, that's what I, I want to do. And I think, um, but that's, if, if you hadn't been a chef, you know, stay, I can't imagine what station would be like. Like it, you were like super lucky. You had like your best mate, Oscar, you know, starting with you when you open station so that you yeah. could like totally chill out about front of house. Like you, you had like an awesome team and you just straight up focused on the food. And like, it is the food that station was known for. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, definitely. I think like, yeah, how, many, how many times like middle, middle bloody breakfast are people like, Oh, can I have magic mushrooms? Can I have like all that sort of stuff? That yeah. Stuff the was, lunch like, menu. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, when we opened, luckily, I managed to get, you know, a really good mate of mine who I'd worked out with in France um, to come and work for me, moved down from Essex, um, worked here for six months before he went traveling. So, yeah, I, in one way, if I didn't have someone I could trust so much in the business, like, don't get me wrong, if, Oscar, if, if at the point, if at that point in time, Oscar would have accepted my offer to be my business partner, then... I would have been set forever. You know, he would have been front of house. He would have been leading in front of house. I would have been leading in the kitchen. It would have been fantastic. But yeah, I stayed in the kitchen and I think I can still remember one of the staff coming in. You would obviously move, come back from traveling. I think you'd been in Swansea already, maybe a couple of months. And they said, oh, there's a boy out there who's interested in a chef's position. And I think like, because I, I hadn't had another chef in at that point. I was working as the chef six days a week here. And then I sort of thought, I think they said where you previously worked as well. So I knew, oh, he must be all right then. And I looked out, just saw this tall, lanky boy with a beard. And I was like, <laughs> no, he's not having that beard in here. No, he's not in. And then, yeah, I think, I can't remember if you dropped the CV or emailed the CV. And obviously we started working together then. I think um, we just had, I think you just said, come in for a chat. Yeah. I, came in, I yeah. came in for a chat and I think like we click on like a personal level. So I think it was that. Well. No, we had the same ideas <laughs> about businesses and food and, you know, like we do now, talking about starting a podcast together just to get that conversation going about an industry that we love mm. and, and want to get other people involved chatting about it. I think that's a big thing for this podcast is, do you know what? There's so many businesses in Swansea, so many independents now, um, you know, even in the last two and a half years since I opened Station, there's so many more brunch cafes have popped up, specialty coffee places. Yeah. Even um, even now we're starting to see like more specialty like restaurants, you know, like look at Uplands. Uplands is so, it's like, it's almost like a crowded market in Uplands now. And, you know, yeah, so it's, it's 10, 15 years ago, it was just, you know, you, you went there for, for a bit of a piss up, but you didn't really go yeah. to eat. No, now, now there's the options to eat there. Like, you know, nearly every, I mean, yes, people do say Uplands is very much bar uh, oriented, alcohol, you know, alcohol bar orientated, but nearly every place that does, uh, nearly every place that does serve alcohol also now has realized they have got a, the opportunity for a food market as well. Um, and there's a lot more emergence of that, of bars doing food, like restaurants itself in Swansea. To be honest, there's, there's not many restaurants for me no, totally. If I think if I if I was like coming in now as a like an already a restaurateur and looking at right what what areas are there like is there room for improvement? I'd I'd hundred percent open a restaurant like a yeah. good smallish restaurant. 
you know, almost, almost like along sort of like what more have done down in Mumbles, you know, yeah. Mumbles is almost like almost empty now in terms of restaurants. Yeah. You know, or what the boys are doing at Slice, something like there's so much more potential for things like that. Yeah. No, definitely. I think you know, I've been to more, went uh, at the end of last year and yeah, they're such nice guys, such good ideas, like the, the foods, you know, you can tell the amount of time they put into the menu, put into the ideas, the suppliers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was a really nice place. And don't get me wrong, like slices, you know, like I took you there as a leaving present when you left, uh, when you left station, like I love slice and, you know, Adam and Chris and, and Lindsay, like they're, they're fantastic. It's definitely without doubt my favorite restaurant that I've been to. And no, I've been to a couple of nice places now, actually. But uh, yeah, just Slice is just special. Mm. I love it there. And I recommend it to everyone. I can't yeah. stop telling people. I think it's an interesting thing as well. Like people um, think that Slice is like potentially expensive or something like that. But like for the quality of the food you're getting, like yeah. you don't realize how lucky we are no. to somewhere like that in Swansea. No, no. And it's, no, exactly. And now like places like the Beach House, you know, got their star. Um, you know, and being down Gower and somewhere like Slices in Sketty. I think for a lot of people who, you know, go out to these like fast casual style restaurants, um, you know, TJ Fridays, Frankie and Benny's, Las Iguanas, you know, what I I sort of put in as fast casual, like when then, like I've had like mates message me like, oh, Jack, you know, it's Valentine's Day coming up. It's the missus birthday coming up. Like, oh, and they know, like, obviously I'm in, I'm in restaurants and, and cafes, et cetera. And, and they know that I go to nice places. So they will often ask, oh, right, where shall I go? Like every time I've told someone, look, mate, book Slice. I said, go and treat the, spend the money and go to Slice. And these are mates of mine, like who don't go to what I, you know, what we casual talk, like fancy restaurants, you know, yeah. and they come away and they're like blown away that even that, that is possible as food because they don't know that style of dining that style of i think i think people are intimidated by it as well thinking like oh i'm not gonna like anything on the menu but like you're talked through literally everything on your plate you have a question just ask it like they're so approachable and so knowledgeable like it's just it's part it's such a good like experience in it like the the whole time we were there i don't think we stopped laughing yeah. Oh no, we had such a laugh, but that was the prosecco as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, but obviously, like I went the other day. Oh, what what was it? It was I think it was yeah. It was just after my birthday. I went to James Somerin in Cardiff. Um, obviously, Michelin star restaurant up there. Yeah, in uh, Penarth. But that was the second time I've been there. Yeah, and the first time you you like couldn't stop raving about it. How how what do you think second time round? How much changed? It was the same menu, or was it different? No, it wasn't quite the same menu. First, it had been a year since I went previously. Oh, right. I thought it was. I thought yeah, it was closer it was, together. It rough, no, it was roughly a year. I think I went in March last year, and I went in February this year. And like in the March last year, we went like Sunday day time. Like we had we had a lunch sit in. It was lovely weather outside, and amazing. Like blown away. Yeah. The menu was fantastic. We had I think the eight course tasting menu with the wine flight skip the cheese course just for like just for like an example to like anyone who hasn't been somewhere for like a tasting menu how long do you spend like in james salmon if you're going to do like an eight course tasting and wine flight like you think though 
that was the eight course and we were there i think we were there about three hours and it flew like i love tasting menus a lot of people that i know you know very much want the three courses want a bottle of wine for themselves like that is dinner but i love tasting menus and we did the flight of wine so we had a different wine with every course loved it and then went back in uh, february this year and yeah definitely preferred it the first time around don't get me wrong still an amazing restaurant like absolutely loved it you know staff were fantastic but yeah i think there was just one or two things on the menu i didn't quite click with and to be to be honest my girlfriend alex like she felt the same and and you know she she's very much you know loves loves uh loves going out to eat loves you know like that style of dining and yeah we both felt it wasn't quite the same i don't know what it was but still amazing place i love it like i'm desperate to go because we ate at the grove in narbath as well again like amazing place like uh i've booked i've booked like all my lots um like all the women in like Tasha's side of the family are going for like afternoon tea at the Grove. So yeah. It's just like, it's such a lush set. Oh, yeah. Dinner that was amazing. I think they're five AA rosette maybe. Like I reckon they, they, they'll get a, a star there soon. Douglas are Baelish, the, the head chef there now. Yeah. Do, are the Grove linked with Beach House? Beach House and Coast in Saunders. Coast, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And we've got the voucher for Beach House as well. So I'm, Got to go to Beach House. I want to go back to the Grove. Want to go to the Hardwick. Where's that? Monmouthshire. Who's who is that? Can't think of his name. I looked at him the other day though. He does a lot of like foraging and things like that for oh, his food. Not, Amazing. Um, Can't think of his name. It's like Chris something in that. Yeah, I think you're right. Actually, can't remember. That's bad of me. Bad form. And then obviously, <laughs> wanna, I'm desperate. Oh my yeah. god, I want to go to Monmouthshire. It's interesting, right? I, we like we listen, obviously listen to the podcast as well as wanting to do this one. Um, and what's the one you put me on to? What's the one? Uh, the night, the nightcap. The nightcap. Um, and I listened to the nightcap with Michael O'Hare and him talking about um him and Gareth Ward like yeah. going out to Morzine, yeah, and, like cook, so cooking in a chalet, and I just thought, oh, yeah. you know what? But like people, I don't think people realize like how much like opportunity there is to like travel within this industry. Like, oh, definitely. I've never, I've never been in a country that I thought, oh, I'm not going to be able to get a job here. You know, like, like so easily, like chefs are so in demand globally and anyone in hospitality, you know, it's such a, it's, it is, it is a good job to have for that sort of lifestyle. Oh, definitely. Like the whole reason I, I went to France was, you know, I, I was, I got employed to go out there and be the chef in the chalets. So, um, and there's, there's friends of mine who are still doing it. They've been back to back seasons, you know, very much winters in the Alps, summers, maybe on yachts. Um, yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. You can go anywhere, you know, majorly in hospitality, but being a chef right now, like it's such an opportunity. Um yeah. It's, yeah. and like, it's a good thing. Like if you, if you do like love snowboarding, you know, like, le- like leaving sort of sick form for me, like my, the two main things that I was like interested in was like either snowboarding or surfing. And like, obviously France is like amazing for both. Yeah. It's so easy to get a job in France. You know, you've done it. I haven't done it. So I can't exactly talk the talk about it. But even like when we went to Oz, 
like if I wanted to stay and have a job, that was not going to be an issue at all because there was so much that I could have done in this industry. Yeah. No, it was it was an amazing opportunity and I could have just carried on going back and forth there to be and and it is such because it's such a lifestyle, I loved it. But yeah, like obviously I I made the right choice, without doubt made the right choice coming back to open the cafe. Yeah. Opened the bar then, got a business partner, um, and opened Nomad at the end of twenty eighteen. Like Sam, my business partner for Nomad, like fantastic, like worked so hard, left left a great um public sector job to come and uh you know again sam massive background hospitality worked right across europe um same as me that sam's actually how i got my job in france really um, yeah because sam was working for the same company and he was he was a manager for there and then i messaged sam like beginning of 2014 and said oh sam look I'm, i want to you know i want to come and I want to learn to snowboard. <laughs> and I was working in a cafe down in Marina at the time, Coast Cafe, like, you know, a bit more simple menu, sandwiches, paninis, et cetera. And I was doing that. And then. But like, that's the thing. Like, you don't have to be, I think people like, like that is a pretty good place to start, you know, like cafe. Like that's where I started as well, you know, like cafes. I started on at Eddie's down at Langeneth and like, I learned so much of just like basic things, you know, like how to use a knife and, you know, how oh, to yeah, like very much operate so, within a kitchen. So much of it is having those organizational skills first, you know, and being able to being able to juggle checks. I think a lot of people, you know, I it was from the age of ten. I I said, I remember saying at the age of ten, or oh, I wanted to be a chef, and then I just didn't make it happen for a long time. I'd always like confident in the kitchen, like at home, etc. But it wasn't until my early twenties that I was actually now, you know, what you might consider cooking as a job, you know. Um, yeah. And yeah, largely like you know, you think I wasn't classically trained, didn't go to catering college, like a lot of people I know had to you know teach myself a lot of things and the practice and like and i think people people don't realize like how much of like learning there is on the job like when me and you started doing like the evenings at station like we were super ambitious with some of the stuff that we wanted to do like we we specifically learned how to cook a lot of those menus to be able to it was a friday night that we were doing dinner we we would be fully booked 35 people in for dinner and I'd be learning something I had to do that night, that day. Yeah. Like, or making something that I had to do. <laughs> Crying on glaze. <laughs> I can't believe it. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, no, no, no. It was creme brulee. It wasn't creme, creme on glaze. Creme the brulee. First, you know, I, I actually made, the, those first batch of creme brulees I ever made were amazing. The best. I made creme brulees. Uh, I did a tasting menu or a private function in December, I think it was. And I put creme brulee because I was like, yeah, make creme brulee now. Like, you know. I love creme brulee times. Yeah. Oh, scrambled. And like, probably. <laughs> Ruin them. <laughs> Ruin them. Scrambled egg in the oven. Oh, mate. Oh, yeah. Nothing worse. And like, no, I know. Yeah. Yeah, just so much fun. You know, and like, I think, like, people think it's crazy, like, what, what you do, you know, like, prep for an evening like that is like a solid, like, 16-hour day plus the day leading up to it it is a heck of a lot of work but even afterwards you're like you're you're so like buzzed like at the end of it and like we were were so lucky like with the customers we had like we just managed like go out and talk to them after the meal 
yeah all of that that's that's definitely something for me would be like as most people will know if you follow the social media of station like station 86 is up for sale um and i've yeah hopefully got someone who's gonna buy the business like with Nomad down the road as well, like Sam's wife is, is, you know, they're expecting their first child and I'm just spending more time down there. It's just becoming a bit more of a, a juggle for me to try and be in two places at once. So I've just like made the right choice to decide to sell the business and like let someone else, you know, have their sort of cafe dream. Um, but moving on from that, it's without the doubt, like from what we did in the evenings here, moving into that evening market, like we focused on brunch so much to be able to move into the evening market made me realize like one day I definitely want my own restaurant. Um, yeah. you know, that's the style of cooking that, that I love. Um, like brunch has been an amazing learner because the brunch market has become so massive in Swansea now places like, you know, obviously Haystack. Um, yeah. Like hay, Haystack. Like if, if you went in there, I, like if I went in there to like look at that as like a as like a potential place to open a cafe, I'd be like, oh my god, this is so small. Like I don't know what you could do in here. But like I'm absolutely, I'd have been a hundred percent wrong. Like they are awesome. Like they've absolutely like, killed it? it in like a tiny, yeah. tiny space. Like hats yeah. off. Yeah, and with the bakery now upstairs, um, Alicia doing her sort of things there. Yeah, fair play to them. Like they're smashing it. Like they're they're doing so well. But there's a, you know there's so many places that have opened up now since we since we've uh, we've been here like there's 160 down for tenant um, you know they look great um, there is Mumbles Coffee down in Mumbles like fantastic little place love it there went there first time only a couple of weeks back um, stunning like oh hey even a- even Coal Town you know like Coal Town went from like like I know that they're they're always going to be coffee based. But I haven't had a bad yeah. brunch there, like yeah. in the new canteen. Every yeah, time. such a cool place. Yeah, like really, such a cool place. Like oh, the finish on everything, fantastic. Yeah, I love yeah. it there. And the coffee's like, fantastic. Yeah, like Hugar as well. Like like Little Valley. Oh. Like the Hugar Hugar. Like they're they're doing some good stuff there. Yeah, without doubt, I feel like Hugar, first place in Swansea, and the independent sort of bar scene that were like quite innovative, innovative in the way they sort of haven't gone for anything commercial on draft, like four, you know, four taps, independent companies, you know, fantastic beers, um, you know, obviously teaming up with Alec from Little Valley um, and using like the sourdough for pizzas, etc. Yeah, mm. I love Hogar. Don't get there enough, actually. Yeah, like I definitely say, well, like from knowing you, I'd say that, that probably influenced how you guys went about Nomad, you know, like the choice to do smaller breweries and like be able to ro- rotate rather than being locked in with say like Coors or Heineken or, you know? Oh yeah, definitely. I think like we definitely looked to Huga with that sort of vision of those guys have done it. Like, and they haven't sort of gone for the, you know, the typical beers on draft, you know, the, the big names that everyone knows, yeah. you know, they, they've done something different. If they can do it, we can do it as well in this set of Swansea. So yeah, hats off to Hugo. For me, like as, as that, that type of business, like they set the, so innovative. I can't say that word, innovative. <laughs> <laughs> Twice I've done that. They were the first innovative business to, as a bar, 
you know, to do that. And now they've moved into brunch as well, which is fantastic, like lovely brunch menu in the daytime. And then obviously like round the corner, you've got pizza boys now. Yeah, I know. And like they, they're just going from strength to strength, you know, like to go from, like it's a big jump to go from just having a trailer to having like brick and mortar and like they yeah. are killing it, absolutely killing Smashing it. it. Oh, it's not, like I've been there like amazing, love it, but like every single day like through the week like people on my instagram are in there picking up a takeaway like they're they're smashing it and it's probably good that they've still got such a good takeaway market especially after this obviously you know we're in the midst of the coronavirus now and i think we'll see such a massive change in that takeaway market coming through yeah like businesses that have that have had to you know change the way they operate change their own business model and become that like alternative takeaway not your run-of-the-mill you know kebab uh, chinese indian yeah but so many businesses have emerged in a takeaway market i think we'll see massive change once hopefully things go back to normal yeah yeah i agree with you on that i think that people are starting to like they really appreciate like local businesses like they got so much more money is being spent locally now you know to support people and that sort of like wartime effort of like we're all in this together we'll get through this definitely definitely i tell you what one thing you think we've had a few messages it's surprising like so many messages of people of customers from both businesses saying oh guys you know hope you're okay you know, we miss you. Can't wait to can't wait till you're open again. You know, really nice messages of support, and I think to myself, so nice. But I haven't heard one person yet say, "Oh my God, I'm missing oh, yeah. McDonald's. I'm missing yeah, KFC. Yeah. <laughs> I'm missing." I'm actually hearing people like talk about independent businesses, like, "Oh God," and you know, de- you know, can't wait to go back for brunch. Can't wait for coffee. Can't wait yeah. for. So that's really nice in that way. That I think there will be a lot more support for local businesses yeah. um i think one, it'll change people's spending habits you know like you'll they'll start to think more about where that paycheck is going do you know what i mean like not yeah. just you know it's we we've all got into like a i know i'm like guilty of it like i just do what's easiest yeah like so much of the time whereas like i am so conscious now of like right i'm going to the farm shop to pick up my yeah. veg you know yeah go to the butcher to get my meat I go into like Swansea fish to get my fish or to Tucker's to get my fish rather than, you know, just going right and going more. So I'm going to pick it all up there. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like there's definitely the convenience element. Like I pass little and Aldi on the way home and we can just pop in there and get a couple of things. But when I've got the time, like we've got a fantastic butchers in Gowerton, um, Colin Davis butchers, like brilliant, excellent, you know, quality stuff. And, and luckily, obviously, Dunbar Farm Shop just up the road. Now I've been there a couple of times, and yeah, I think that I think you will see a lot more of that now. Like, obviously, our friend Jack owns Farmco. Yeah, um, I was just I was just about to mention him because I yeah, think he's, you know, he's like doing it like new style as well, you know, because he's like his whole um, like business model is around an online store for yeah. fresh, sustainable, organic food. Yeah, obviously he's working with like Gower Meadow Beef, fantastic company, um, Forest East South Eggs, where we get the eggs for the cafe as well. So, and obviously like the farms then from down sort of Pembrokeshire way for veg, for veg. And through this, you know, he's, 
he's now been turned to as a business during this time and seen as, you know, he's, he's done fantastic now through this where people don't want to be going to supermarkets. Like there's a collection point, like we, uh, he uses the car park a nomad actually um, twice a week um, where people can go and collect their stuff um, that they've ordered online. Uh, you know, and I know, you know, we're following the rules of social distancing and minimum contact. So, but it is like, it's so much easier for people, you know, they're not having to walk around a shop, like all yeah. that stuff is there. They literally just, it's essentially clicking. Oh yeah. Them, oh, it's such a good, it's such a good idea and business model, but not only that, like the, the produce is cool. second to none. Like, oh, the stuff is amazing. Yeah. Fair play. He's doing really well. And, and hopefully, yeah, I definitely want to, I gave him a message actually and told him we were going to do this podcast and he was keen to come on and have a chat. He's such a character, isn't he? Yeah, he is. <laughs> he yeah. is. Shut up. So, Love you. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, like with this podcast, I think what we want to do is open up that conversation with yeah. you know those those local business owners, the chefs, the managers, the suppliers, like people who've got their own story to tell. Like, you know, me and you both have spent hours talking about restaurants, hospitality, catering. Yeah that we love it, you know, and it's funny that it just seems to be it's such, such a, a massive boom in. I'm not going to, I will stop talking in a sec. Don't get, don't worry. I, <laughs> it's one of those things like that, you know, it's part of people's daily lives is grabbing that coffee, you know, popping up for brunch. But then like, I, I always think like, Oh, I wonder how they start, how they got this idea. I wonder why they started. What did they do before? So I think what we're just trying to do is just open that up and just, get people to come in to like tell a story for, you know, the benefit of letting the customers know, like, cause you know, in the age of social media now, like, you know, the stuff that we post from the businesses about our backgrounds or, you know, where we found that particular bit of furniture or why we decided to put that on the menu. There's a story behind that's the stuff that gets the biggest interaction and feedback. So plus I'm nosy. I just want to know, like, <laughs> Yeah, me too. I just you work a day. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Am I am I, I doing some abnormal yeah. working fourteen yeah. hour shifts? Yeah, I just I love finding out stuff like that. Oh, <laughs> did you manage to eat yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, cool. It's been great chatting to you, and uh, yeah, I look forward to like the chats that we can have with other people and. If you yeah. are interested in, in talking to us, please just hit us up on Instagram or Facebook or email us and um, yeah, we'll try and get something sorted. Yeah, I think I've already spoken to uh, Little Valley and more are keen to come on. So uh, yeah, I hope, it, uh, I hope this gives you a bit of an idea what we're, what we're going to do. And um, yeah, during this time, obviously, I think we'll try and do stuff online, but uh, hopefully when this is over, we can do some face-to-face stuff as well and maybe down the line we'll be going out and and uh, visiting a couple of cool places we want to get to and maybe doing some reviews or something like that or uh, yeah we'll see yeah. what happens awesome cheers bill right. nice one mate see you soon yeah i'll speak to you in a bit